Welcome to the Peacemakers Podcast. This is episode 11, and I am your host, Lindsay Hager. Today, I'm wondering, do you struggle to know yourself? If you've listened to previous episodes, you know that this is a common theme for me. Searching for my identity, what are my likes, what are my dislikes, etc. It's one of the many reasons I landed on being a type 9 several years ago. Okay, so hold that thought. Today, I'm sharing my recent interview with Erin Conley-Barth. You may know her from her Instagram or YouTube channel, Enneagram Girl. Erin has been studying and researching the Enneagram since her introduction to it in 2011, progressing from curiosity-driven spreadsheets and a photo interview project to helping others understand their why through her YouTube channel. Erin is passionate about helping to facilitate self-understanding, and currently she is still studying, creating, and teaching while mothering her four young children. So if you've been following along, you know that I've found myself in a bit of a pickle over the past six months or so, wondering if I'm actually a type six. In episode eight, titled, Am I a type nine or a six? I interviewed Dr. Tom LaHue, and while I was preparing for that interview with him, I found Erin's YouTube channel around the same time. And she had a really great vid- video titled Enneagram Type 6 versus 9. And I loved the video because it talk- talked about the common um, mistyping between those two numbers and just the commonalities and um, the differences and everything. But one thing she mentioned that was really interesting to me is that Types 3 six and nine all struggle in their own way to know themselves and so i was super intrigued by this and i reached out to erin just to pick her brain about this topic this interview you're about to listen to it's kind of a continuation of episode eight um because we do talk a little bit about you know the conundrum that i'm in of knowing am i type six or type nine um but don't worry if you haven't listened to episode eight you'll still be able to understand what we're talking about here I do want to point out one thing is that Erin and I touch on some Enneagram lingo such as instincts, subtypes, counterphobic, integration, and disintegration. And if you're a newbie to the Enneagram, I know that some of these words can be very overwhelming um, when you're first learning. So I've included some links down in the show notes as well as how you can find Erin's YouTube channel and follow her online. All right, guys, thank you all for listening today and enjoy this interview. Well, thank you so much for your time today. And let me ask you this. So you, um, because I've been kind of stalking your YouTube channel since I I found that first video and I I had seen your account like a while back, um, but then I started going through your your videos and one of the last ones, I don't know if it was your last one, but you're like, I'm about to have triplets, right? Was that the last video you did? Um, I think I maybe done two since, but, yeah. um, but yeah, it's funny. I went back and looked at that video recently too. And it was a little surprised. Like I didn't realize how much you could tell my breathing was labored just cause I was so huge. How but soon after that did you have them? I, I think that video was at 34 or 35 weeks and I actually carried them to 36 and then, um, delivered them naturally. And we had actually no NICU time. God was so good to us and we were able to bring them home. For, on like the second day from the hospital. So that's amazing. Blessing. So are you still doing coaching? 
Yes. So I'm still doing um, consultations on the side. It's so funny you use the word coaching. And like, I, for some reason, I like never think of it that way because Mm -hmm. um, consulting was something that kind of just came about for me just out of my work. I guess I think of myself as more of a researcher. And then um, people just were responding kind of to what I was putting out there and asking. So um, just kind of started doing that. But yeah, I'm still doing that um, just very minimally on the side. But yeah, I love, I've grown to love doing that. And I always laugh and apologize to people that like, I don't see them as a guinea pig, but I learn a lot from it. You started your, I mean, I don't know when you started your Instagram, but I saw videos back from like 2017, 2018, like, Mm -hmm. so you were kind of like ahead of the, the big wave of. Yeah, actually very, very far ahead. I'm almost coming up on 10 years of study. Um, so I was introduced to the Enneagram through a couple at church when I was, so yeah, almost 10 years ago, um, just because they had used it as a tool in their marriage. And I was like very highly skeptical at first, um, until I started noticing the way it was manifesting, like in people I knew and like really seeing that, Mm -hmm. um, experientially and, um, started actually started keeping a spreadsheet of like everyone I knew and where they fell just to kind of like give myself some real life data of like, mm-hmm. okay, like how is this? Um, but yeah. And then have been studying since. And so you're a four, mm-hmm. right? A four with a pretty heavy five wing. Yeah. There for a while, I wasn't sure like which side of that I fell on. Mm-hmm. And then what about your husband? My husband is a seven with a six wing. Yeah. So it's, it's a interesting combination, obviously, because of the like I, idealist thing. Mm-hmm. So we have some shared weaknesses, that's for sure. But. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband is a four with a five okay. wing. And um, I thought he was a like, at first we were going back and forth like five, because he just has so much of that withdrawing. Um, yeah. But fours are withdrawing also. But that like research, wanting to research things. Um but his creativity and his like outside of the box in all the ways, he's just such a unique, you know, he's a music teacher and doing his own music studio and stuff. So he's, he's definitely a four, but I don't know if you had a chance to read some of the, my background on my conundrum with like, am I nine? Am I six? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I started this community um, in January last year And, um, but, you know, have a counseling background, have been very much in the world of like discovering myself and wanting to help others and all of that. And so, um, I, I have so many peacemaker, just qualities, tendencies, and even the motivations. Like I just went reading the peacemaker. I just like, yeah, that's, that's what I do. Um, that's me. And Mm -hmm. so, um, Anyway, over this past year with lots of life stressors and things, I am like, oh gosh, like I'm seeing six so much. And then I'm starting to attach, like I'm a very, very much an attacher of like attach meaning to things. So, well, this person's doing this because of this and, or I I'm doing this because I'm the youngest child or I'm doing this because I'm a peacemaker or, Mm -hmm. and so I've done, I I'm just, I just attach meaning to everything And that's, I think that's a way of me making sense of life or making sense of myself. And, and I've always struggled to know myself and really understand myself. Um, and like that confidence piece and identity has been really big for me. Um, 
And I would say that's true for like that whole triangle for sure. Yes. And so when I was watching your video about nine and six, and you said, you made that comment that threes, sixes, and nines all in, in their own way, struggle with that identity piece. And, you know, I I don't know exactly how you said it, but like, who am I anyway, is what you said. And so I'm like, I got to talk to her. Yeah. So three, six, nine, I feel like for sure. I've even heard them um, attributed to as like the most human Enneagram types. And uh, last night I was thinking about that and I was like, oh, I need to read again, like why that is. But mm-hmm. so I'm not, I don't, can't really place where I've read that, but my experience of that. And then even from the text of looking at what their struggles and motivations are three, six and nine really share that commonality of, yeah, of just like who, but who am I really? And they mm-hmm. all have different reasons for it. But really, if you look at all three of them, it's because they look out outward from the self for identity Mm. in different places. So like three mm-hmm. looks to the culture for like cultural validation of like, who, what's the best, what's winning? Like, what is it to win in this culture? And I want to mm-hmm. get my value there or my mm-hmm. identity. And then like six looks to that, like larger um, security thing, whether it's God or whether it's a corporate identity or whether it's being like a Cubs fan or going to anime conventions or like mm-hmm. whatever group or larger than the self piece it is, they look for their identity in that. Mm-hmm. And then for nine, it's that tendency to really want to, I guess I always think of the sponge thing for nine mm-hmm. and just wanting to, and of course this differs with instincts because your SX nine is going to be even more that way than even mm-hmm. like the SO or SP nine, mm-hmm. but really just gleaning that identity from those around them and kind of struggling to tap into like, yeah, but like, what does my intuition say? And I think that that's even also why we see that kind of philosophical bent with nine, because mm-hmm. at the heart, I think once nines are integrating, um, and I know we'll maybe talk about that later, but like, mm-hmm. um, they really are able to tap into like their own intuition and not really just soak it up from everyone around them. I I also know that sixes need to learn to tap into their intuition. So yeah. how does that, what's, what's the, is that the, the commonality? Is it the same? Like when you say that, is it the same for both? I think that the, again, the motivation is different. So like six is motivated by that seeking of security piece. So again, mm-hmm. like the false place they get their identity from is the larger than the self-security that Uh they get their identity from. And even just using some of those examples, I just mentioned like when they're able to tap back into their intuition or like their true, true self, if you will, Uh um, it's departing from that larger than the self-security piece and saying, you know what? No, like I can be safe Uh just listening to like my own knowledge or my own intuition. And it reminds me of, um, sixes that I've talked to, who've talked about when they have to make a big decision, they're the authority people in their lives that they go to, to -hmm. double check or to get their opinion or to be like, but what do you think? And, and how their experience is kind of, if they find that they have a different opinion or a direction they want to go, that isn't affirmed by those authority people Mm -hmm. that they really have to fight hard to listen to that if they Mm -hmm. feel like really convicted Mm -hmm. and sometimes, sometimes you will, you know? So, um, so I think it's different things they're departing from. So six is departing from the need for security and nine is departing from that need to like always, always keep harmony at the Mm -hmm. front of, of their values and like not. um, So they're able to see sometimes the necessity for displeasure 
among others, or mm-hmm. I mean, may, maybe not even full-blown conflict, but just even like a disagreement about right. something, but like, that's okay, you know? Yeah. So do you see sixes um, struggling a lot with that conflict piece? You know what? I actually would say it depends on instincts, first of all. Mm-hmm. So an SP six is going to struggle a lot more with that. And maybe a social six as well in order to like keep the, um, my husband likes to use the word consensus, like the social consensus, but like, because six is a reactive type, most sixes that I know are actually like pretty conflict oriented and like are okay, like throwing the torch and sometimes do it like without thinking and have that. Um, but you know, that's also where with six, we have to look a lot at the fight or flight and like the, mm-hmm. um, which direction does someone co- go with the phobic or counterphobic element. Right. Um, so yeah, I would say that the, the counterphobic or the SX first for sure are going to be much more conflict oriented, but I think that, um, and actually my brother is a really good example. He's a six, but he's a Marine. He's probably one of the most courageous people I know. Mm-hmm. And this is where I think people get six very wrong by thinking that all sixes are like just like anxiety prone, fear-based, you know, I mean, some like the SP variety is definitely more that way, but like my brother's like SOSX probably, and has a strong seven wing. And, but he is like his strategy in order to pursue security is to like, if there's a threat on the horizon is to like punch it in the face, like immediately. So sometimes I think sixes see conflict as a means towards security. But so again, it's, it's the cool thing about the Enneagram that it really is all based in instincts, not even in like what someone's doing or sorry, motivation. I said, instincts. yeah, no, I know what you mean. So, um, okay. So back to three. So the threes are looking to culture to reflect back to them or to kind of like measure up to. So if a six and, and let's talk a little bit about the disintegration and how maybe a six in, in disintegration would look like a three mm-hmm. and how, how might that affect their identity piece? Yeah. So um, whenever I think about disintegration for six, it's several friends, but also several people I've consulted with come to mind in this really shared trait of focus on an image. And mm-hmm. so even when you see three as an image type, we see that in six disintegrating. And a lot of times what I've seen for um, sixes disintegrating, it becomes like a um, over-focus on, yeah, like appearance on like makeup, on fitness, on nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen a lot of sixes that I've known or worked with really go to that place of like um, almost turning their anxiety toward and their security focus towards those things of image and towards mm-hmm. that, like, okay, like, how do I get the best, butt? like, how do I make sure like my, um, like wardrobe is up to date? Like, how do I mm-hmm. win? And so instead of three saying, how do I win the approval and love of the culture, six disintegrating to three is saying, how do I win the security through my image? So, um, so I think for a six disintegrating to three, it just becomes much more image prone and image focused and whether Uh that's, that can be a a spectrum of things, but yeah. yeah. Okay. And then I, um, and let me clarify there. So, so when we're talking about disintegration, you know, you hear the language, they look like a three. And when it says they look like, do you, are we kind of thinking about like the levels of health of a three? Like if a three is more like an average range, then the six is going to kind of look into that 
I'm just thinking for yeah. clarity of the listeners and for totally. myself too. Yeah. And I have seen that language as well. The like looks like thing, but mm-hmm. I do think, yeah, what we're talking about is like average three. So mm-hmm. I guess the way I would see it is, is like three sin patterns. Like mm-hmm. I use that term a lot. Cause I think mm-hmm. that helps people understand like what component of three we're talking about. It is that like pride, that vanity, the tendency towards deceit in order to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, um, so when we see six to disintegrate to three, we do see them start to look a little bit like that in the sense that their um, pursuit of image a lot of times comes across in a false way. Okay. So like it may come across through like spray tan. It may come across through like um, trying all the different diets in order to figure out like what I need in order to, Mm -hmm. you know, feel like I'm winning the approval that will make me safe. And, um, so I think that it does, it has an artificial component, but that's, to me, that's what looks like three when I yeah. see a six disintegrating in that way that pursues image. That so makes there sense. is, there is that, that part of like, it looks like, but I'd say it is the average three for sure. Um, okay. And then what about a six, a nine disintegrating to six, um, in terms yeah. of like that image part? So I think that for nines disintegrating to six, so actually because we see nines integrate to three, the image Mm -hmm. part I think is actually on the high side for nine. Mm -hmm. So like the image part comes into play for a nine when they start to think like, you know what, it's okay for me to like have sort of an individual style. Um, The way I actually usually think about it is nine stepping into leadership is an integration thing for big time. And it's so beautiful to see a nine who usually hushes themselves and says, I don't want to like be that loud, annoying person. Like, I don't want to speak up, be able to say, you know what? No, like I have something of value to say. And like, I'm going to, I'm going to like take a risk and say it. Mm -hmm. And so the image part comes into play there on the high side as well of being visible. So that's positive for nine that Mm move towards three in the image of being visible and of caring for image Mm -hmm. and, and knowing that like image is okay. I think when nine's disintegrating to six, that's a lot of times where when I've talked to, and actually I think the nine, six uh, misidentification problem is probably the most frequent one I've consulted on. Really? And it's probably because it's one of the most frequent in the population, honestly, just because three, six and nine are purportedly very high statistically. Uh What I usually see people in that, in that problem talking a lot about is anxiety or overthinking. And mm-hmm. saying, okay, like, is it six-ish to overthink or is it nine-ish to overthink? And really it's both. But I find that nines overthink from a, like a philosophical standpoint. So they're, okay. start, they're starting in this sort of like introspective place that their introspection gets out of control. And then mm-hmm. it becomes overthinking and cannibalizes on itself. Oh gosh. Yeah. You know, like it becomes <laughs> yes. that, that ricochet thinking that sixes struggle with mm-hmm. and that sort of like, what if this, what if this, what if this, but I think sixes start from place of already being in their heads. Cause, um, you know, I okay. Not- Did you just, I, I, I thought you were just talking about sixes. I'm sorry. So oh, sorry. I probably like bled into to you the, were Okay. So were you saying nines are nines are already in, introspective or sixes are already? I think nines start from the place of introspection. Whereas, okay. so, yeah. Cause like most nines that I, it's, it's why, even if you look at Myers-Briggs in correlation, mm-hmm. nines correlate a lot with like, I mean, I feel like I see like INFPs and INFJs like correlate mm-hmm. a lot as nine. That's what I've tested as. Yeah. INFJ. So like, 
Mm-hmm. So like there's that intuitive piece. Mm-hmm. Whereas like most nines that I've talked to, and even in the text, we see this where nines, one of the reasons they want peace is because they see the connectivity throughout the world mm-hmm. between people and things and places in ways that a lot of us don't. And so there is this sort of like, it's why a lot of times I think nines are very behind the scenes feeling because mm-hmm. they're like seeing all the connections from an intuitive place. And so there's that introspective side for nine, whereas I think there's a difference between introspection on the nine side and for six, like overthinking, mm-hmm. like introspection is more of like a gut intuitive thing for a nine mm-hmm. There's overthinking the fully like mental head process. Okay. Um, and I think that actually I would say, as we were talking about before for a six, it's that move towards nine in integration that allows mm-hmm. them to get out of that sort of like, well, what I joke with my husband is called illogical logic because sixes have trouble trusting the intuition as we were talking about. So when they move towards nine, they, they get more of that. I'm thinking about more of that introspective piece because I have a group of nines um, on Facebook and because I am very introspective, I've asked them that question and some of them are like, I don't think about myself at all. Like I don't like I'm, and I, you know, that could just totally be like their level of, you know, they're growing in their self-awareness. So, so they just haven't, yeah, you know, dug into that. That is like a really interesting observation. And I think like, that's why I think of myself first as a researcher, because like, I love that like stuff, mm-hmm. just polling and trying to weigh and compare and be like, all right, like, what is the spectrum for nine? Cause there is a mm-hmm. spectrum within that. Um, and I'd say some of that is probably even instincts, um, because like what our first focus is on sometimes, um, cause I'd say like somebody, for instance, who is like more socially focused, may be turned outward and not mm-hmm. as turned inward. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of that too could even be like a wing preference. Like I would say probably nine with a one wing is a little more introspective than a nine with an eight wing. Yes. Um, but yeah, that is really interesting that you asked Mm -hmm. that and got that feedback. Do you mind if I ask you some questions just about me personally? Yeah, go for it. So, um, I feel like I've operated so much as a nine, like I, I have, like I was the youngest in my family and I did, I did feel like I was sitting in the background of, of the family. But as I get older and kind of assess that more, my parents were teenage parents when they had my brother. And so it's like, they were just trying to juggle how to be an adult, how to have kids, how to, you know, make money. So maybe my brother and my sister both also feel like they were in the background. Maybe, Hmm. maybe we were just all kind of in our rooms doing our own thing. And this, the piece of the nine that I attached to myself as, oh, well, my presence didn't matter. Or did anybody see me? Did my voice matter? Um, But then there's this very strong um, safety piece to me that I, I do like, I've had a lot of fears through the years and I do, I have like general generalized anxiety and that's more of like a genetic piece. And then I have like a ADHD diagnosis, which many nines say they just feel so scattered and they can't get things done. And they, what they withdraw from that. And then when I look into the six, I've become a part of some six groups and they say like some of the same things because they get so overwhelmed with all the things that they see they need to do. They're just like, I'm not going to be able to get this done. Nobody's helping me. What's the point? Yeah. 
there's like several things you said that I'm like, oh man. Cause I mean, well, first of all, I'd say a lot of people come to the table in a, you know, identification process with a diagnosis of some sort and ask that question of like, is this outside of Enneagram? Does this contribute to Enneagram? Like what's, how does that apply? And I would say that's just part of the, the tapestry. Like that's part of the fabric. Like that's not outside of Enneagram. I wouldn't say, I would say that like when God creates us, that's like part of it, you know I mean? Mm -hmm. um, an example for myself, I'm narcoleptic. Mm -hmm. And like, there was part of me that, you know, when I first started reading through the stuff was like, how does that apply? But I think it really does contribute to, it's almost like part of the nurture, if you will, like nature mm -hmm. nurture is part yeah. of what, what forces us to become what we become um, and cope the way that we do. But I do think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying about both sixes and nines experiencing some of that scatteredness and anxiety. But I mean, I very seldom met a nine that didn't feel somewhat prone towards anxiety. I think that it comes from that place of like lack of action and being not so much a person of action and mm -hmm. like the there's apathy. You yes. mentioned the apathy in your video. Yes. So there's anxiety when you have lots of ideas and thoughts because, you know, nine is that withdrawn, in my opinion, introspective person There's mm -hmm. all this thought life, but there's not very much action because mm -hmm. of the apathy that there's going to be quite a bit of anxiety because where does that all go? You know, where does it all go? And like, if it's not coming out and being put into action, it kind of, yeah, it creates mayhem in the, in the mind. I actually would say nines probably experience that, um, that kind of anxiety more than sixes do. I would say that that's like a specific brand of anxiety, but like, I think sixes tend to be more in the, this or this anxiety, mm -hmm. like roots are in the indecision because they're going back and forth between the security, like the authority piece and mm -hmm. themselves and saying, do I choose this or do I choose this? And like, am I going to have safety from this entity or this society or this trend or whatever? And that's why I see a nine as withdrawn and six is generally not withdrawn because six finds that security in a, um, in a society of sorts, whereas mm -hmm. nines can do that, but many times they stand outside of that and tend to be more of the, like, they tend to be more individualistic and can stand alone and say, I'm going to be in the background, but I'm going to stand over here. And it is sort of that, um, that example too, that's given of nines anger mm -hmm. or stubbornness manifesting in the like boulder in a stream. Yes. It just sits there and they're not going to aggress anyone, but they're not going to move either. And so I do think that that tends to be like a huge difference too in, in that, what that anxiety looks like is that mm -hmm. the, the sixes anxiety is over the society and fitting into it and feeling like they have belonging and they can look to the right and left and say, Oh, you relate. I belong here. Whereas nine doesn't crave that as much. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I have a question about three. And then, um, so I'll go with that first. So, so what does disintegration and integration look like for three? Yes. So three, starting in that like course in pattern of deceit and what I really think is more like self-deceit, it starts with self-deceit and that belief that if they don't win, they have no value. Mm -hmm. And Enneagram has given me so much compassion for threes that I didn't used to have it's in that mentality of realizing that they really feel like they have no worth if they fail. So mm. 
When they do, though, oftentimes, like when there is a failure, there's that disintegration to nine Mm -hmm. where they bench themselves and they say, this is too risky to lose my value entirely. I'm going to sit on the sidelines and I'm going to do what's safe and I'm going to just do a little bit and I'm Mm -hmm. not going to do like, cause you know, the, the sort of average health three is like out there, like doing it, getting it, achieving it every day. And when they do, when they have some sort of big failure, usually I've seen this where they, yeah, they just reel back and they're like, okay, I'm not going to stop looking good. I'm not going to stop like presenting the image that I'm all together, but mm-hmm. I am not going to risk it like I used to. And I'm and there, then there's that apathy piece. So they're just kind of, they're just sitting, pulling themselves back. Yeah. And there's that, um, I think it, it's just less, I think too, you can see that less ec- uh, lack of extroversion when they're in that um, stress place, the extroversion mm-hmm. kind of dials back. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas, you know, it's the opposite for nine, whereas when nines are in a healthy place, they tend to like not be as afraid of being more social. Um, but then three, when they're integrating towards six, it's they're able to use that gift that they have in order to know. So like, I always see the gift that three has is knowing what people want. And it can kill them though, when they decide that they should always give it to people Mm -hmm. and it's beneficial to them when they can say, I'm going to use that gift of knowing what people want, not just to benefit myself and like my own, like to look out for number one and my own like prowess, but Mm -hmm. to use it to benefit the group and use it to benefit. And I've seen threes do this with like their family. I've seen them do it with like their corporate environment. I've seen them Uh do it with like a non-for-profit or, but it's so cool to see more often than not, it really is like a literal switch from I'm using my, all my gifts of achievement and um, charm and knowing what people want to benefit me and my image Uh and turning that and saying, I'm going to benefit the image of this group. Yeah. And care about people. Now, whenever people are integrating, you know, whenever they're becoming more of who they're supposed to be or kind of living into their fullness, however you want to say it, are these movements, because I've talked, I've listened to Beatrice Chestnut talk about, you know, some of these movements are just unconscious. It's just, it's just happening. We may, it happens throughout the day. We may be in the sixth space and be very much um, all or nothing thinking. And then we're kind of back like I think I get a little bit of the levels of levels of health and then the integration language confused do, do you think that when a person is integrated or integrating there it's more like they're maturing like they're becoming more of that and they're able to stay in that place more often does that make yeah sense? I think that's actually like a really commonly asked question and it's such a good one in that I think normally I would say it's kind of like being in traffic. If someone cuts you off, you may drop a few health points, mm-hmm. you know, okay. like, it's not like yeah. you're just like, mm, like I'm mother Teresa. I'm going to be that <laughs> way for like weeks on end, you know, mm-hmm. like it's not, you know, it's much more human. And I think that's why I do prefer that perspective of it being about sin patterns, because like, if we think about the way that like our flesh controls us, Mm-hmm. and our flesh rises up against any sort of progress we would make. Mm-hmm. It's that constant battle. And I, I do think that some of it is unconscious um, because as we you know, like to point out too, like you can't just be like, okay, like I'm a three and I want to be healthy. So I'm going to just like study six and try to be a six. 
you know, mm-hmm. like it, it doesn't work that way. You can't do that. Right. But, so the unconscious piece is definitely that piece that I think comes into play when we're just like doing healthy things, like being involved in like community with other people who want health too, and mm-hmm. who will like hold us accountable or mm-hmm. when we're, yeah, just like pursuing health, it unconsciously produces this growth. Yeah. But, um, but I do think some of it, and maybe once we are already growing that we may discover like, oh, I'm growing mm-hmm. and like, here are the things that are making that healthy for me. So like, yeah, for a nine, it might be a nine who's progressing and realizes it, or maybe other people are calling that out in them or, mm-hmm. and being like, Hey, like, I love that you stepped up and, and shared yeah, and didn't hang in the back that they may take note of that and be like, Oh, like I need to keep that yeah, in mind, growing that in that confidence. Yep. And yeah. know that that's healthy for me. And somebody studying the Enneagram would, would see that too. And be like, Oh, that lines up. Like, I know that it's healthy for me to, mm-hmm. to like realize I have needs, you know? Yeah. That's so good. I think it's some of both. Okay. So I often say if I am in that three space, so, so let me rewind just a second. When I, when I listened to, um, you know, Enneagram and coffee, and she talked about Sarah Jane Case. She talked about the soul child theory. She had an episode on that. She talked about the nine. It's like they had this, she said, a, a itty bitty three that's inside of them that like always wanted to be acknowledged or was waiting to come out. Or she just kind of talked about that inner child that maybe we were more like a three when we were younger. And when she talked about that, I was like, oh my gosh. Yes, 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 yes. Because when I, when I do see myself in the three space of achievement, being recognized for something, people saying, good job, keep doing this. I'm like, it is something like something's coming alive. Um, but then I know on the six side of that, there, there are times if I'm a six, if we'll go there for a second, if I'm a six, I can find myself very much trying to pursue something so hard that I get tunnel visioned. I'm just like, I got to get this done. People are, people are expecting this. And if I don't, then I'm a failure. And Hmm. I literally can see myself being either an unhealthy six or a healthy nine at any given time. Like do when nines are integrated and they're maybe pushing themselves too hard, can, do they come to that space of being like, I'm about to burn out or I got to pull back away. Like, is this something that you've experienced? Yeah, I would, I think that the question that popped up in my head as you were talking was like, why, like, why, like, why are you thinking that, you know, and why am I thinking the failure part or the, so when you were saying, um, there are times that you pursue something doggedly to the point of like, I like to the point of craziness where you like have to get it done and you feel crazed by it, mm-hmm. like, or stressed by it. Yeah. <clears throat> my question would be, why are you pursuing it so doggedly? And that six and nine would have different whys. I I'm pursuing, like, I just have this desire. I I feel like I have a lot to give and a lot of ideas to share. I just don't know how to get them from here to out there. And so I just, it's like, I'll go from zero to 50. All of a sudden I'll have too many things on my plate. And then I'm just overwhelmed with all the things I have to do. And if if I can't get them done, then I feel stressed. Yeah. yeah, I feel stressed. I'm going to disappoint the people that I've committed to. I was going to say, you started to say when you were first explaining that you started to say like, 
oh, I'm going to, I can't remember how you phrase it, but you said like, I'm going to let people down or like people are going to be. So I th do think like a lot of what you're describing sounds more nine to me. Like, I know this isn't like a typing consultation, but mm -hmm. a lot of what you're describing sounds more nine to me, even the struggle you just described of getting ideas into fruition. Mm -hmm. um, but I have known some very, very highly creative sixes as well, who honestly probably are more productive people than nines, the nines mm -hmm. I've known who are highly creative people. Mm -hmm. But um, that's generally, I think, because sixes tend to be such, like there's this part of six that is like, it's like that loyalistic piece of like being such a hard worker mm -hmm. and so devoted to whatever their commitments are or whatever they've said. Um, and I think that nine is not as much that what like nine, again, nine and four, can, I was just thinking like, it's probably not helpful for you to have a four five husband, like in that space, because like, he probably struggles with that too. Yeah. But, um, but when nines, I think are pursuing all the tasks or getting all the ideas out into the world, it mm -hmm. becomes a little bit harder, I think, to feel the dedication to the task. Mm hmm um, yeah. So yeah, I would say that. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I'm like, why am I even doing this? I really just want to be like chilling. Like, <laughs> I, like, I know I have something to give, but can I just do it just occasionally? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, totally. And Ugh. I do think that's more, more nine than it is six because usually the reason, and again, it depends on like where the person is in their like health process, but mm -hmm. let's say average six, it's usually because it has something to do with maintaining their place in this, like, um, society is so the wrong word, but their place in, in the, so I keep thinking like, okay, if they're like part of a book club that they're doing something for, they're thinking like, I find security in this book club. That's been part of my life. And like, I don't want to let these people down. Mm -hmm. So they're and they're very that. cognizant of that. Like, like I find security in this, like sometimes uh, you're, okay. that's a good point. Cause like, sometimes they're not, but I think like when yeah. we start talking about these things, most people I've consulted with, when I put it in those terms, generally mm -hmm. they can be like, Oh my goodness. Like, yes, that's my, uh, that's my like formula one fan club <laughs> that I'm part of that I've been part of for like 10 years, you know, or like even just being a formula one fan gives me security because I feel like I'm part of a, I'm going to use the word society again, but I think like nine, because, and this actually, this hits on what we were talking about earlier, because nine stands alone a lot more and isn't part of a society as frequently perpetuating those goals. And that vision is a lot harder, not that they don't have community and people in their lives, but because it's usually like an individualistic idea mm -hmm. or an individualistic like pursuit. Whereas the sixes ideas and pursuits often are part of like something that's already going on. Hmm. I would say sixes don't generally like spearhead things as frequently, okay. not that they can't. I always try to disclaim like anyone listening to this, if you're a six who's spearheaded something, I believe you, but like you know, but there it's, I right. think it's less common. Usually they go to like something that's already happening mm -hmm. and then do a project or a thing to contribute to it. The social nine might be an exception to that because they want to contribute to the social environment. Let me ask you this last three, six, nine question. Okay. So I, I really usually just talk to the six and the nines because I'm self-absorbed. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, because I, I don't know if a lot of threes are overthinking this the way I am and overthinking it the way threes or sixes might be. Is that, is that a true, true um, thing? I think that threes do overthink some things, but not to the extent of six and nine. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, um, so if you were to give three, uh, sixes and nines, your best advice of how we can utilize our, our arrows, what would be kind of like your sixes? You need to do this more and nines. I just want to see this more of this from you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I would say that like, we spoke to the nine of this a little bit earlier. So I'll hit that one first, which is, yeah, just really trusting the, that internal world enough to let it out Mm -hmm. and being willing to risk being embarrassing or like, it's a phrase I hear over and over from nines, which is like being obnoxious or being Mm -hmm. like that person who talks. They don't want to be that. Right. Right. So I'm like, okay, be willing to talk a little bit too much Mm -hmm. in order to share your inner world with people. And of course, like within boundaries and within trusted spaces, but like I, I, whenever I see nines do that, it pays off so much. And I think the more we all, no matter what Enneagram type you are, do Mm -hmm. the things that are hard and scary, the more you do them bigger because you're like, Oh, like that wasn't so bad. Yeah. And it feels good. You're like, Oh, Mm -hmm. it's (laughs) nothing broke. Nothing shut down. Nobody hates me for sure. And then sixes, I would say, I've talked to a lot of sixes who have said that writing or journaling helps them a lot with just brain dumping Mm -hmm. when they have like so much like noise going on in their minds. Um, And I would say too, like trusting yourself to deviate sometimes from the opinions of those people or that person in your life, like say it's your mom or your best friend or whoever, like trusting yourself enough sometimes to say like, oh, like I really wanted the blue pair of shoes, not like the red pair of shoes. And uh-huh. even if my mom likes the red ones and it, you know what, this probably goes for sixes and nines, which I know doesn't help our subject at hand, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, just trusting the, the intuition. Um, and I think for sixes too, a lot of times that means stepping away from the subculture that they're really involved in mm-hmm. enough to say, to look at themselves yeah, and to know that they can be safe without having to go to Comic-Con with everyone or without having to like watch the Super Bowl every year or without, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, kind of see it as like paying the dues to the society mm-hmm. in order to like be okay. Yeah. And being able to step away from that long enough to like look at the self. I, I want everyone to know how to find you. And if, I mean, I, your life is crazy right now, right? You have like four littles, yeah. you have three, you have triplets, and then you have a, a newborn, but you're the Enneagram girl. And so I know people want to know about you and how to find yeah. you. Yeah. And you know what? I love the, it's, I mean, it's why I'm still studying the Enneagram is because it's so fascinating to me. And as I said, like I, coaching is not my first, like first hat but Mm -hmm. I have really come to love doing that and walking alongside people to kind of, yeah, just, I I always like to say like, I know the Enneagram and you know, you, and like, we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. And if that helps you, and I found that it really does help people a lot. So um, yeah, you can find me um, on Instagram, as you mentioned earlier, that handle is Enneagram.girl. And then my email is Enneagramgirl at yahoo.com. I do also have a blog that's still active on WordPress. I don't, I don't add to it right now. 
Um, as you said, like triplet two-year-olds doesn't make for <laughs> too much of that. Um, but I, I'm also on YouTube. Um, YouTube is kind of, I think, I think that's where you found me. You said, yeah. And that's where okay. I think most people will find me. So, um, and I like your little song. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's been really funny. The varied feedback I've received about that. I never mm. thought that would be such a focus. That's but funny. I was just like, I need some sort of thing to go with this. Well, I'm married to a four. So I know, I know exactly. As soon as I saw your videos, I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I showed my husband, I'm like, look, this is, this is you. <laughs> this That's is- funny. That's so funny. So anyway, I hope you have a good day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. This was so fun. Thanks for listening today, guys. Don't forget to check the show notes to learn more about Erin and to check out some of those links that I put up there. If you listen to the episode, I'd love to hear from you um, via email or tag me. Um, Take a screenshot and tag me in your Instagram stories. I'd love to hear from you. So thanks again, and I will talk to you in the next episode.